0: I'm Jordan Ferguson
1: and I'm Kit McKinnon
0: and you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up y'all? Welcome to what will be the shortest episode of the Geek Down Podcast ever recorded. Probably. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and Try to find out the sweet spots where their phantoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: My name is Caitlin McKinnon. This is episode 156.
0: Is it? It is. Amazing. Fabulous. If you're new to this and you're like, what, 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 what?
1: There's 156 of these episodes?
0: I have so much work to do. Yes, you do.
1: You need to find a nook. A nook where you can (laughs) listen to these podcasts, 156
0: (laughs) Take yourself to you. So you are not to be disturbed. You are going to the podcast nook. You're going to fire up soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod because that's where the show lives. And you can just peruse all 156 episodes of this show. But if you don't have a nook, oh, oh. It happens. Oh, God. I don't want to alarm you. There are, some people, there are some people living nookless lives out there.
1: Do they have a chair? They must have a chair. They have a chair. Okay.
0: But I don't know if a chair will qualify as a nook. It's just like a chair, it's not in a corner. It's oh. not by a window. No,
1: but they should just there's move. No,
0: there's no sillage involved. <laughs> you, you, you should
1: just move your chair. You should
0: move. So you have things to do <laughs> because you need to move apartments to find one that has a nook. So we understand you don't have the time or the facilities to go through and dig up all of these 156 episodes yourself. But, but, lucky for you, we have a method that it can just be delivered to you if you subscribe to this endeavor wherever you get your audio content.
1: Like Stitcher or... Or. crafter or
0: <laughs> blip <Zoo. laughs>
1: one of those we're there Could have
0: that one for free Silicon Valley if it's not already <laughs> hop on that domain <laughs> blipzoo.net if you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your audio content then every week while you are out scouring Craigslist clicking the dialogue box for nook required
1: it's very must, important must
0: have picture must have nook must have nook while you're busy doing all that you'll just hear on the wind <laughs> Oh my God! It's your man Chauncey Frostilicus the uh, Third,
1: Geek Down Internet Elf,
0: coming to bring you episodes each and every week,
1: riding on his beautiful stallion Philip.
0: Oh my God! It's what he loves to do. If you are enamored with the idea of Philip, and why would you not be?
1: He's a unicorn pegasus. If you'd
0: like to learn more about him, we're on pretty much every social.
1: Yeah, just type us in <laughs> Geek Down Pod. Type
0: that Geek Down Pod in. Probably Twitter is your best bet. Get up off Twitter. That's where I spend the most time yeah. celebrating the. Latest waifu arrivals on my on my waifu hell collector games.
1: That's something else you could talk to us about. I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, no, we're
0: not. No, we're not. Um,
1: sometimes if I'm not sleeping, I'm on Facebook. But only occasionally, because I'm sleeping a lot.
0: Ugh. But If that's how you roll, go find your girl Katie Mac on Facebook.
1: You can also write us missives or uh, letters of how much you like the show on our Gmail, which is geekdownpod at com. Yes. Yeah. Also, if you'd like to support the show financially, which thank you to everyone who already does, you can do so on our Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash geekdownpod. Yep. Or you can buy us a coffee,
0: like we have in our hands.
1: Cheers. Clink.
0: You know who paid for these coffees? Your girl, number one fan, Kerry Wilson.
1: Bah, 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 bah.
0: Ooh. Extra air horns for Kira. Kira, <laughs> Kira came through with the hot coffees this weekend.
1: A lot of hot coffees.
0: Too many hot coffees.
1: So many hot coffees. Don't you have bills? Did
0: you, did you have to pay for anything in New Zealand? New Zealand, you're not from New Zealand, you're from Australia. I just probably really insulted you. I'm sorry. We'll get to why these things are happening in a minute. <laughs> But they're going to happen a lot.
1: Especially this episode. Like, they happen all episodes, but, like, especially this episode. Especially this one. It's going to be giggling. There's going to be mess-ups. We're going to talk over each other. It's going to be great. This is why he listens to like us, everything, right?
0: everything you come here for. Uh, Yeah. This Kira, save your money. We love you. Also. But thank you. Not for nothing. This is our anniversary with Kira.
1: <gasps> it is our anniversary with Kira. <laughs> oh, Kira.
0: Best fucking thing that ever happened to this show.
1: Seriously, like hearts, lots of hearts. Oh, so exciting. And some of y'all
0: are probably like, why y'all talk about Kira so much? Listen, number one, stop fucking hating. Number two.
1: Kira's amazing.
0: She is amazing. And all she did was send an email. Yeah. All she did was say, hey, I love what you guys do.
1: And it, like made
0: our like next two years. Like, like actually best friends. Yeah. Um. So don't, don't, don't be jelly. No. It's so easy to join the best friend tier you could like have breakfast with the hosts like travis does yeah you could get all the middle of the night Jordan, <laughs> jordan's out not doing his job dms like <laughs> kira does uh talking you, about avengers movies
1: yeah uh you could even just like send by sending us an email just get basically our love forever
0: our love forever it's that easy we don't even need to be bought we We're, can just be like <laughs> a little bit of attention and we are like oh,
1: oh my, my god, god. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: I will kill for you. Um, okay, so y'all, here's the thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This is why this is why we're do this week. Um, I worked last night,
1: and this happens often. Often,
0: and my plan for the week was, as we I just said a couple minutes ago, it was our anniversary with Kira. How do we know when our anniversary with Kira is? I don't know. If it's actually the day, but it's this time of year. Because I was on my way to meet Caitlin at the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. Mm -hmm. A bunch of stuff was going on. And on my way down there, Caitlin said, did you check your email? Did you read Kira's email? I'm like, who the fuck is Kira? I don't know who (laughs) this is. And I read it and almost cried on the 47 on my way to the subway. Mm -hmm. It was that real, yo. And then we had this wonderful day and it was just awesome. So this weekend is the Toronto Comic Arts Festival. Again, free comic festival. It's right there in the title. Um not your superheroes is no. per se. No. A little more underground, a little more indie, a lot of manga. Like, Seth is there. Who's Seth? He's like a Canadian guy. Celebr- if you know who Seth is and are celebrating the release of the complete Clyde fans, the Toronto Comic Arts Festival.
1: Is for you. If you've ever bought
0: a Fantagraphics book, <laughs> the Comic Arts Festival, Toronto Comic Arts Festival, is for you. And the marquee attraction this year was horror manga god Junji Ito.
1: Which, if you remember from a past episode, Jordan giving me swirlies.
0: <laughs> Uzumaki.
1: Yes. And it was delightful and horrifying. He's
0: very good at what he does, which means he will terrify you. Yes. A lot of people make jokes that the book I should have bought to try to have him sign was Gyo, which was about uh, dead fish growing legs and crawling out of the ocean. Woo! Everything I love. Yeah. Just... Fish. Fish, sea creatures rising out of the deep.
1: Which Jordan is paranoid about. And
0: it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, did not go with that book. Went with a book of short stories, which has a story about like a haunted record in it. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was on brand. Yep. And You like
1: I, records? You like haunted
0: things? I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I like Junjito. So Junjito's drawn about records? Cool. So I got done work at 630 and I, uh, bam, got the fuck out of there. Like, I have to go. You there's have to no, go. There's no hanging out. Boss trying to talk to me about some stuff she wants to do. I'm like...
1: Were, or were you, like, hand in the face? Not hand
0: in the face. I would never... I would I would never hand in the face. But it was real distinct, like... You know the lean?
1: <laughs> the slow... You're talking like, uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm, yeah, I'm just going to get my I'm bag. I'm going to
0: have to shift my weight in a minute, and yep. I'm continuing to move out the door. Um, That's what we were doing. And I got to... The area, the reference library area, takes place at the Toronto Reference Library.
1: Which is like a big, massive library in Toronto. Huge.
0: Takes up like a city block. Um, It is the library in Toronto. It's like the, whatever your big library is in the city you're
1: in. (laughs) Your central library?
0: It's a big ass library. (laughs) Um, And because I knew the gist was, as posted on the website, Ito Sensei was doing two signings for an hour. Yeah. hundred people per they were mm-hmm. hand out wristbands. Yeah, and maybe I also got the time wrong. And if I hadn't got the time wrong, I might not have gone. But I thought it said they were going to hand out wristbands at nine a.m. for right. a signing at eleven. Mm-hmm. I figured I was going to get there around seven thirty. It's like an hour and a half beforehand.
1: Yeah, lots of time. That's
0: pretty good. But yeah. it, no, they were around the block, Caitlin, at seven thirty.
1: And that's a big block.
0: It is a big block, and I got there. I saw people in line. I was like, "Fucking Toronto! Toronto, you love nothing more than getting in line." Oh my
1: god, they love lines. Uh, Does
0: anybody, people, what's it like in your city when anything like happens? I mean, is it like big lineups, like huge lineups? Is
1: New York different? That's like a whole other. I feel like New York doesn't give a
0: fuck, like unless it's like you know at the Supreme store or like I don't know. With somebody selling sneakers like, like
1: Toronto love like especially for ice cream
0: a fucking ice cream or a dessert or apparently uh, you know first and only North American appearance by horror mag artist Junji Ito like they, they just love Weird lining up things. so I got there and I'm trying to be on the low because mm-hmm. you can tell who's headed for the Toronto Comic Arts Festival when you step off the subway
1: they have a look
0: y'all got a look
1: I have a look, but you, can you tell if it's homeless or hipster?
0: I'm not saying I'm not the coolest. I don't have the, the most fire fit in the world. But, yeah. I mean, if I step off in a fitted and an Adidas zip up with my monocle canvas bag, I'm like, I'm ducking and weaving. Yeah. I am not. I don't have the I don't have the ball cap with all the enamel pins pinned to it. Children, what is with that? I don't know what's going on They're with like that. They like pins. Why are you pinning all this shit to your cap for it? Because
1: anyway. it's telling everyone who they are.
0: I don't have a Fjallraven backpack. Like... <laughs> What? They're they're literally like grocery bags with straps on them. Um, the ones with the fox on them, no, I they're no like idea. Danish or some shit. I don't know. It's supposed to be really great for your back. Yeah, it literally looks like you have a pillowcase strapped to your back. Anyway, anyway, um, so I'm kind of I think I'm blending in, right? And so they're not going to notice me as I'm walking along, going like 20 and like I was well, like seventy-five. I was like, oh, they're going around the corner. Yeah, they're going. Yeah, they're around the corner. Fuck this. But that was not my only reason. For wanting to go to the Toronto Comic Con Festival, because I also wanted to go because making his first appearance at this festival was a guy named Karen Gillan who wrote a book called Phonogram, writes The Wicked and the Vine. He wrote Young Avengers. Kira, with your Loki fixation, if you've never read, like, Young Loki run of Young Avengers, you should. You need to dig that up. Um, just, he's done some really good stuff, and Phonogram's a really important book to me. And the year Caitlin and I went a couple years ago, the artist of Phonogram, Jamie mm-hmm. McKelvey, who works with works with Karen Gillan quite a lot, was there, and I had him sign it, and he kind of signed it on one half of the title page, and I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll get, get Kieran another time, thinking he's never going to come. Never going to come. And two years later, here he is. So I knew I wanted to hang out to at least get that signed, and at this point, Kate wasn't really, like, soups interested in I, coming I through. I
1: and there was nothing, at least that first year i'd never been and i there was a you had a of people, plan you
0: had a way more yeah. in-depth plan than i was expecting like i yeah. was like i thought we were just gonna mosey and can like nope i got this this, and this panel and this panel and, and this. i want to go here and here and i want to stop by this booth i'm like god damn all right let's yeah. go
1: and then we did the whole monstrous thing and that was great yes. and we ran into what's his face which was great at the time but before he you know.
0: was problematic yeah <laughs> so I'm, I'm, st- I'm keeping it yeah
1: um but anyway uh, so I was like super into it, and I did take a look, and I took a look way back. We were talking about this a couple months ago, I think. And I yeah,
0: when when Edo first got announced, that's when yeah. we started paying attention. And
1: but there was no one because I'm not well, we know I'm not huge into anything. <laughs> um, I wasn't like I'm not huge into comic books. There wasn't really much for me. It's always fun to go to these things and sort of have a look around, but I just. There was nothing that was, like, absolutely I wanted to do. I was sort of interested in um, the Flight panel. So Flight is a comic anthology. They're on, like, number...
0: Do they know. still put them out?
1: I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it hasn't been for a years. Ever but- since
0: Kazu started to do an amulet and, like, became the next Raina Telgemeier or Jeff Smith. I guess he was Jeff Smith. I, I guess Raina came after her. They, there's Came a lot of amulet. them, though.
1: <laughs> there are a lot of volumes of flight. Yeah. So they were doing this panel. They are going to talk about flight. And I was sort of interested in that, but not enough to be like, let's stay till 530. <laughs> like, it started at four was going to 530. I was like, I'm not doing that to Jordan. It's
0: 530 now, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear what's going on. If we delayed the recording of this podcast any further.
1: Both of us would have been asleep. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I was like, uh, eh, you know what? Maybe next year. It's not something I have to go to every year. I'm not like this crazy comic book head where I collect everything and yeah, all this indie stuff.
0: It's really like a, if, if they're bringing somebody in who you're never going to see under any other circumstance and you don't have to line up at 4 a.m. Because <laughs> that's the word, y'all. Stupid Matt let me know. He saw on Twitter that apparently people were in line at 4 a.m. for Junji Ito wristbands. It's insane. Dude, I like you, but I don't like it that much. I don't like you enough to keep the book if I'm not getting it signed. No. <laughs> Taking that shit back, y'all. Um... So I did want to get this signed by Karen Gillen. Joint was opening at 9. I was like fuck it, I'll go get some breakfast. Probably went to McDonald's and uh got sausage juice on my <laughs> on my fly. Fly didn't zip up. I'm like that's great. That guy with sausage juice dripping down his chest. Um And you
1: got two hash browns.
0: I did get two hash browns. Y'all Listen. I have done. I go out. You go to McDonald's with your friends for breakfast. I got a lot of friends. They get the two hash browns, and I'm like, oh, two hash browns. Two hash browns
1: that's a lot of hash you browns.
0: Fucking cow! I'm like, no, <laughs> two hashes. That's too many hash browns. And then you know what happens? You know what? You know what it is? I go. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my one hash brown, and then I'm sad. And I you don't wait. have another <laughs> don't hash brown. I don't have another hash brown. And I look across the table at my friends. At pops, just like, hum, 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 hum. or Joyce, like, they just smiling, eating their second hash brown. Never again. Never again. I oh, got that second hash brown. They make it an option. I went to the kiosk. They make it an option. You know what
1: this is? This is my avocado.
0: What is your avocado? Okay.
1: So I used to get like quesadillas. I, I used to get like quesadillas or nachos or whatever. And it was always a dollar, a dollar fifty for avocado, for extra avocado. Yeah. Or like just tab avocado on the side. Yeah. And I'd never do it. And I'd be like, oh, I can't. Like it's already so expensive. And then one day I was like. It's a fucking dollar fifty, <laughs> and it would make my life so much better.
0: I love it when you shake yourself out of your just <laughs> impoverished mind state. Like
1: I'm like, it's I am getting the avocado. Do I occasionally feel guilty? Sure, but not when I'm eating it and it's in my ma. I'm like, this is the best decision I've made in my adult
0: life. <laughs>
1: Especially when I'm having quesadillas, which I shouldn't have anyways because of all the cheese. Yeah. I'm like, this is a great decision that I will regret later. What could
0: possibly go wrong?
1: Yeah. Anyways, there you go.
0: Um, and then...
1: Avocado <laughs> detour.
0: Not like it's a steep... Not like any of the staircases are a steep climb at the Toronto Reference Library. But there are a lot. But if of you them. have to go up 3 of them to where the one guy you want to talk to is?
1: Yeah. And yes, there is an elevator, but there is no getting on the elevator. There are two
0: elevators in the Toronto Reference Library and on the best of Saturdays. Yeah. It's like a 15 minute wait to get on. Them. I
1: once made someone get out of the elevator so someone in a wheelchair could go up the elevator. <laughs> I was like you have legs and you can walk and I can tell you can walk fine or you need to wait cuz this lady's been waiting In for a while. In this
0: scenario, this is not for you. Yeah. Um and it's really like one of those like then it's like figuring out a logic puzzle where you have to like you know, you got a chicken, a wolf and a <laughs> and a bear and you got to get all of them across the the lake. But if you take one, you only take one at a time. If but if you, leave you take them one, on the shore, they're going to eat, eat each other. other. That's what getting an elevator at the Toronto Reference Library is yeah. like. Because it's like, oh, get on this elevator, and then it goes down, and then it comes up, <laughs> and it stops on the main floor again, and then 900 more people get in, and then stops on every floor on the way up, and goes back down again. Like, I just want to go to the top floor. Um, so I took the stairs, is what I'm saying. And I am a husky gentleman, full of at this point sausage and two hash browns. So
1: <laughs> you, you monster, you cow. I got gal.
0: I got, to, got to the top of them stairs like. I'll just take a minute, <laughs> <laughs> Fatty. McGee, did you take the stairs again? <laughs> but I like the stairs? Um, and then I caught my breath and went and uh, went and said said my thing. I would have thought it was you know would have been somewhat more noteworthy when he opened it to see that the guy sitting next to him had signed yeah. it two years previous. Mm-hmm. He dated it. It said twenty seventeen. He even made a crack. He's like, "There I am out in front of you again." <laughs> um. But it was cool. Like, I care a lot about Phonogram, and it was a book they didn't have to finish. They had already moved on kind of right. onto other things. And the fact that they did finish it and ponied up the money to put out this gorgeous hardcover, which must be, like, must have sold through the first printing. They did not have it on display oh. at their table, just Wicked in the Divine and uh, the paperbacks. And I think they have a new book that they've already started on, or Gillen does anyway. Um, Got to say what I wanted to say, and then I ducked
1: the fuck out. Yep. I came home. He was done.
0: Because... Here's why it's going to be a short episode. Caitlin and I have been hanging out today for about five hours already. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, well, Kate's not coming through for teacup, and I was like, well, I feel bad, and you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yo, girl, you want to go get some noodles?
1: And we have been trying to go for noodles forever.
0: <laughs> I've first been... time
1: they sold out a broth. <laughs> That's true. We'll sold out a broth. That's
0: true. The first time I ever tried to go was with you. Yeah my first, one of my first re- first Ryu's re- experience to be with you in the Tokyo Yokohama Ramen Museum. I wanted to go with my girl Katie Mac out of broth. We had to go to Kenton. We had to go to Kenton. It was okay. Like what you please. It was fine. But and then I have since been with like th- three people. <laughs> I've been with Leah. I've been with Pops. I've been with Justine. Yeah, with <laughs> a lot, with a lot of people. Um, so I was like, "Fuck it, if you want to do it, let's do it." So we went.
1: We did, and then we went for ice cream.
0: And Kate came through with the like. What's the name of the shout out? That Wong's. place. What's the name of the place? Wong's. I
1: think I showed it up before when I was out with my cousin Madeline.
0: I think you did, but yeah. So Gerard and Gerard and Broadview. Yeah,
1: you wouldn't think it's tucked away in there. Wong's a nice guy. They have really beautiful chocolates. Got white rabbit candy. We got
0: all the homemade ice cream. Yeah. Got Vietnamese coffee. What did you get?
1: Uh, something, <laughs> something. Something delicious. Tea, milk tea, Hong Kong milk Hong tea, Hong Kong
0: milk tea. Milk tea. Anyway, make it make it fresh every day. It's fucking dope. Comes in a little takeout box. Yeah, it's great. Why would you ever get a cone when you need to have a little takeout box? Right. It's adorable. My hands just get sticky. Um, And then I had an idea, since we were going to be passing by on our way back to the Poly Pocket anyway. Yeah. I like, Kate, okay, since we're, ha- we're heading that way, did you want to stop by and say hello to... Uh, the homie, he's Cosmos Records. <laughs> Which is great, because I was like,
1: oh, great. He's not imaginary. You didn't make him up.
0: I did not make him up. <laughs> you just he's you a, did- He's a real person.
1: You didn't make him up to just go to Cosmos Fires all the time. Be like, I'm just going to go visit <laughs> the homie Isa.
0: visit the homie Isa. He's a real person. I swear to God. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Yes, yes. Um, he says that. And he also builds things. And is very nice. He was
0: randomly building some shelves on yeah. a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> like yeah. in, the, in the upper section of the store. That's good. Anyway, that's that, that's been our afternoon thus far.
1: Yeah. And um, so the reason it's going to be such a short episode is because we've been hanging out for five hours. So... Because I've got a big mouth, and when I get excited about things, I can't shut the fuck up. Um, I may have broken rule number two. Rule
0: two of this podcast, which is don't talk about the thing until you're sitting in front of them, but Save it for the pod. I know. Flew the fuck out the window. <laughs> just so, like, Going to be a little bit of rehashing um, by the time we get there, but I think we'll just be just as excited to talk about it.
1: Oh, we will. Uh, at least I will be. Um, the second thing is because Jordan hasn't had any sleep.
0: Oh, yeah, back to the original point. I've been up for 20, 20 hours at this point.
1: 20 hours. And my uterus is on fire. Yeah. I've had a couple of bad weeks where I basically just go home from work and sleep. And then...
0: Sorry, Caitlin's got endometriosis, if yes. you're new. Yes, yeah. Not just,
1: new. not just fun uterus talk. Just <laughs> like... Endometriosis metrio- talk with Kate and George. Um, so it has been a- acting up... Or, as I like to say, being an asshole. Um, And making me exhausted. So, like, all that, not even all that walking. And I'm like,
0: (sighs) 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 I'll be fine. It was was like three blocks because we could not deal with the streetcar anymore. Toronto Transit Commission, get your shit together on weekends.
1: Also, just, like, ban cars from driving on Queen on the weekend.
0: Seriously, take the King Street Pilot and bring it over to Queen Street.
1: Yeah. It's ridiculous.
0: God. Here's business traffic. Who the fuck is... You can't park on Queen in the first place. How's it hurting business traffic? And like... Some place to park on Queen seen, in the first place. Have
1: you seen Queen Street West? Ridiculous.
0: Um, so what else? It's oh, all
1: hipsters who take the subway and bike anyways. So,
0: Kate commented on this when she came into the joint. If you follow me personally on Instagram, you would have seen I already posted this. With the caption that, I need a moleskin. I need another moleskin journal. Like, I need a fucking hole in the head. But.
1: We're addicted to journals i had been
0: waiting for this specific one to go on sale
1: and this other one is so tiny too <laughs> it's the same size
0: what are you talking about
1: oh i meant the other oh, tiny, the tiny notebook the tiny notebook
0: jerk i just want to verify because like anything in my life you know there was an option so i was soliciting advice initially i had they, they put out two okay of these so there's the one i bought and then this was the leader this was the strong leader mm. Mm. it's that one color though it's that green Ah, uh, i don't like it came down to the came down to. i like the design of this one more yeah i like the color scheme on this one more yeah anyway what i like the design of these are astro boy moleskins
1: totally great buy
0: and i'd been waiting for like moleskins ain't cheap y'all i don't know if you're familiar oh, with this they're God. so expensive what
1: are the- of Baby moles? <laughs> like I don't understand. It's actual
0: moleskins, and so like and, and like they're kind of jumping the shark at this point. I feel like if you're if you're serious about if you're serious about your notebooks, number one, I don't want to be your friend. Number two, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like mine to have clouds and giraffes have, on. Them. I'm
0: serious enough about my notebooks to want like you know a moleskin, like but I don't need you know moleskins. Fine, it's fine. fine. Get yourself a good jet stream and just whew, just gliding. I'm almost too gliding. Makes, makes my yeah, writing sloppy. I'm, I'm
1: really fine with like dollar dollar store notebooks.
0: Oh, no, I'm like a little waxy, the this There's no difference. Waxy. of the it's paper. Not. It's not. Yeah. Ugh. Are
1: yeah. you uh, in my notebook? It's like I have slivers. You what? Sandpaper. It's ridiculous. I'm writing
0: on sandpaper. Um. So yeah, thirty-one dollars for this, and but I know how things go at major Canadian retailer things go on sale. Yeah, they do. Things don't sell for a while. I mean, I'm not saying like this is a trade fucking secret. It's business. If something doesn't sell, you lower the price to try yeah. and get it out of the store.
1: And $32 notebooks are a hard sell, even at the best of
0: times. Even at the best of times. So, was not doing that. Um, But then we got in some Gundam notebooks this week at work. Mm-hmm. Some Gundam moleskins. Uh, they're They're kind of fly, but they're also kind of ugly. Yeah. Like, they're like... There's like a blue, orange, and pink color scheme that kind of like rotates. Like one's blue journal with pink, uh, rub, what is that? Ribbon, band, whatever. Band. Um, and vice versa. So I was like, oh my god, there are new ones. You know, the old ones are going on sale, and then we checked, and this fucking Astro Boy Moleskin went down to fifteen dollars.
1: Which is half price, which never happens. Anyway. It's usually like what, like twenty percent off maybe? Oh yeah, initially? I was thinking like
0: twenty five. It'd be down to like twenty five right. maybe. Fifteen dollars, I was like, yo what? plus, you know, it's my job. I do get an extra discount on top of that. So I scooped that up. And I know it's got some uh, You're opening some it? extra treats. So we'll, do, oh we'll do we'll do like an unboxing here with uh with Katie Mac. This is
1: amazing. You can do it, I believe in you. <laughs> You have no nails, dude. I have no
0: nails and no motor skills. <laughs> I've been <laughs> up for twenty hours. We,
1: we have had coffee though, and I'm just I'm it's, amazed because this
0: last coffee, I'm on like the last third of it. I'm like, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Jordan has let me have coffee. I don't know if he's remembered any of the other times I've been giving coffee before. It's always fun. It's a lot of fast talking.
0: Some ASMR if you freaks are into that. Just
1: do anything for me.
0: And it doesn't give me the usual white rage I get from it because I guess maybe because I'm doing it and I know what sounds are coming. But Brett. if you just started, to- <laughs> <laughs> um, so I knew. Get the extra
1: oh, te- Tezuka Metropolis nice. drying in there.
0: Really cute. Oh, there, oh, there's like a moon on the back, Ooh. like a planetscape. Let's and get as often happens with moleskins anymore. Oh, there's
1: a pocket. <gasps> Stickers. Stickers. Oh my god.
0: Little Astro Boy stickers.
1: Oh, and a little, you know, thing that the usual. Oh, he's so cute. And a little face. Oh, that one's he's crying.
0: Oh. He's sad he's sad, sad Astro, Astro, Boy. Astro Boy. That's cool. Sorry, tits of one Adam. Sure. Um I think that's all the fun. That's so yeah, cute. Uh, draw your attention to how much my current moleskin is filled. Not much. Oh. So that was my splurge of the week. And apparently there's going to be more splurges because Caitlin's just letting me spend all my money right I now. have
1: no control over this. I'm just saying. You just on, have to make up the money somehow. On top Sell the kidney. On Jordan. top of our
0: pillows conversation from last week, <laughs> your, your man's itching for a new phone.
1: Which to me, I'm like, as long as it's working, I'm fine. <laughs> if it's falling apart, Chris is like, you really should get a new phone. I'm like, nah, it's fine. I can still press the buttons. It still works. Yeah,
0: I made the mistake of updating this fucker though and...
1: Now he's like so slowing slow. down. He's wonky. He said my phone was, what did you say, like 30 parsecs slower than your phone? I'm like, what? I said
0: Android phones have that thing. I just don't find the Android swiping generally as fluid as I'm making a iOS face. I'm
1: making a face at him. I can't tell the difference. I'm like, what? You like, go to it. It's immediate, it's fine. <laughs>
0: Anyway, the, the big appeal isn't just getting a phone, it's the fact that finally other uh, service providers are have caught up to the please don't leave us Mr. Ferguson deal <laughs> that my current provider, fuck it, Bell, that Bell gave me, Bell who I hate, Bell who I've persistently for three years held back $50 every bill, every period. Because he's just like, I hate you Because fuck him. And if you're telling me that I can free myself from the fucking shackles of Bell and still pay as much or less. Yeah. For the same shit,
1: and uh, many people know this. They have probably heard about this. Um, Canada has d- ridiculously the high
0: worst. rates. Yeah, it's a bit, The country's so big. It take, we had to invest more for to build the it's infrastructure. Blah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like um, people
1: come from the states or from other countries, and they're like, "I'm sorry, how much is it a month?" That's obscene.
0: Yep. So, but but of course, you know, I'm between billing periods right now, so I owe them like 190 bucks. And <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I was like, K-Don's like, wait, if I go to a store it'll go through right away if i pay there right yeah yeah because normally i do it through my bank and it takes like you know, four or five days um so that's gonna be real cool when i go and say hi uh i like to pay my bill cool pay, 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 pay the bill so that's cleared off now like it's clear yeah yeah. you have zero balance cool um i have to actually call customer service to cancel my current service right oh uh, yeah that's correct you have to actually call them we can't do it here excellent can i borrow your phone Because <laughs> fuck them that's why
1: I'm with this stupid service provider that used to be called Wind now it's called Freedom. And basically I get, like, unlimited data, but they slow it down at a certain point, And I can barely tell because I don't really care that much. But there are people like Jordan who could not handle being on my service The
0: provider. speed thing I might not be able to handle. But as I've said before, like, tech review YouTube is just a nightmare. It's the dumbest shit.
1: But those blacks, Jordan. Some of the blacks are crisper than other blacks. Caitlin.
0: Don't talk about them like that. <laughs> They're human beings. More coffee for you
1: <laughs> See, I told you. Don't she's, let me have
0: coffee. She's talking about the displays. <laughs> Colors aren't vibrant enough. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm ever going to notice that. It's so, like So I'm very intrigued by the uh, by the, the Pixel 3a, which came out this week. This is what fired me up. Because generally, I've always had to. Because I wanted to keep my plan. I always had to buy the phone outright. Yeah. I do not have... Seven to eleven hundred dollars for a phone.
1: That just hurt. That hurts the inside of my body and the outside of my it, body.
0: It should hurt you. This is not small amounts of money. It's another thing. Another problem I have with tech reviewers because all you motherfuckers are getting the shit sent to you free anyway. You got like nineteen phones lying around your desk because the manufacturers send it to you to review it. You just have to become a tech reviewer. It's like, oh, you know, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good phone. This phone's a good price. It goes for about seven hundred dollars. Are you high? Come out of your fucking tech dork bubble and like Wow Seriously, live in the fucking real world where like phones don't get sent to you. I like to switch out my phones, you know. This is like my this is like my daily driver for Android and I still like my iPhone. Shut the two phones, shut the fuck up. He's very angry. Like unless your work has given you one, that's the only reason you should have two phones. I agree. Or you like sell copious amounts of cocaine.
1: Or that and <laughs> you need a burner phone.
0: Otherwise you got one phone. Um so yeah this pixel this cheaper pixel which i guess i don't know google was like hey the expensive pixel ain't selling as well as we hoped let's try to figure out a way to make this cheaper um it's like 550 bucks for like what is considered by everybody apparently to be the best camera on the market right now and i don't really take a lot of photos probably because the camera on my fucking iphone has got dust under the cover (laughs) and there's fucking sunspots on every on every photo i take you want to know my soulful Sunday looks so shitty, y'all? <laughs> it always looks so grainy, that's why.
1: Oh, it's not like just like a filter?
0: No, it's not. I have to use a filter to try to get some of the grain out of it. Anyway. Um,
1: I don't take pictures because I don't like my face. <laughs> my face is giant. You
0: take pictures of flowers, though. <laughs> it's true. So, obviously, I will not spend, you know, $5 without doing my due diligence, let alone $550. Yeah, no. So, I have watched damn near every video that's been released about the pixel 3a some of the criticisms well this one the pixel 3a is shipped with the snapdragon 655 processor so i mean that's clearly mid-range you're gonna notice it's slightly slower in the opening apps than the than the the regular pixel also they opted for four gigs of ram which is really that's disappointing i was like oh my oh my god caitlin (laughs) four gigs of ram can i handle four gigs of ram am i going to be disappointed what does my current phone have oh two oh two gigs My current phone has two gigs of RAM. But
1: they're so used to having so many phones that are better than that phone.
0: Like, it's the realization that, like, it it doesn't fucking matter. We're three years down the cycle now since I've had a, like, current-gen device. Whatever I get is going to be fine. So why am I even watching these fucking reviews, watching these dudes, like...
1: Because you have poor brain like I do.
0: (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Poor brain. Oh, fuck. I meant to say this at the top. It doesn't matter if I haven't slept yet, Caitlin. Yeah. Because sleep is for poor people.
1: Oh, is that so? That's what
0: Steve Harvey said. Oh, Steve Harvey said that this week. He oh. had he had one of his like, like I'm you know, giving a sermon to the audience, right? You know, when the cameras are off or whatever. He was, right. he was a little just for you, hot Steve take. <laughs> he was really just yelling at them. I was like, motherfucker, I took the day off work for this. Like, <laughs> um, and his one today was like, how sleep is for poor people. You can't wake up at 8 a.m. in Los Angeles. At eight AM, it's noon in oh. New York. Oh. The markets have been open. People are making decisions about your life. Can't wake up at eight AM. Let me ask you something. You know somebody in your life who loves sleep? Yeah. I bet you they poor.
1: <laughs>
0: <What>?
1: <laughs> that logic is not logical.
0: I heard that and I was like,
1: what?
0: What's this is why I'm poor? You I love sleep.
1: You don't get enough sleep.
0: I <laughs> no, and I'm, I'm still poor, Steve Harvey. Jeez. I get five hours of sleep a day, and I'm still fucking poor.
1: I don't want to sleep as much as I'm sleeping, but if I don't, I'll literally fall asleep at work. Then my ass will get fired.
0: <laughs> Next time you wonder why you're poor, it's probably because you sleep.
1: Right. Something else to blame my uterus on. <laughs> poor because of your ut- uterus.
0: Stupid uterus. Um. So, there was... Some news-ish items kind out of. there in the world, kind of. A little bit. Let's talk about this for a moment. Y'all wonder why I'm so rough? Are you ff? Just
1: on, like the outsiders
0: on the mouse.
1: Um, and I realized something. Hmm. Uh, and I'm going to mention it after you talk about this. She's just
0: ignoring what <laughs> we're just so spun at this point. She's acting like I don't even say words anymore. <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> just, you say words?
0: Just jumping in. Sorry. What are you saying?
1: Um, after you talk about this, you have to remind me because I did come to a realization about, about Marvel movies and you.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can't wait for this. Yeah. Welcome to Jordan Cade's hot take house, (laughs) house of hot takes. Um, so this, this hit a while back. Um, and it it was a two page document and talk specifically about the second page of the document. It's probably the more depressing one. So. The Mouse,
1: the House of Mouse,
0: released its uh its tentative release schedule through twenty twenty seven.
1: Which I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be forty by then. I'm
0: gonna be fifty. 50. I'm gonna be rolling Whoa. up. On, I'm gonna be rolling up on fifty. <laughs> I realized that, and I was like, <laughs> and then I went, oh god, oh god. <laughs> so. This is tentative. I mean, some of these, like, 2027 has one thing on it. There will be more. Yeah. Don't you fret. But this is, this is, like, just what, this is just, like, slotted in. They don't even know what it is. They just know they want it.
1: They may know They what
0: have it a is. sort of, maybe they have an idea. Maybe they have a title. Mm-hmm. But, like, 2021, February, Untitled Marvel, March, Nimona, which I think is based on a graphic novel. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it is. A follower on Twitter was very excited about it, and I was like, you know I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, March again. Untitled Disney live action. We don't even need the dates. Let's just rattle through 2021. Untitled Disney live action. Untitled Marvel. Untitled Disney live action. Untitled Pixar. Untitled Indiana Jones. Untitled Disney live action. Disney live action. Marvel animation. f and 2. <laughs> 2022. Untitled oh, Marvel, untitled Pixar, untitled Marvel, untitled Disney live action, untitled Pixar, untitled Disney live action, untitled Marvel, Disney live action, live action, animation, Star Wars. So that's what the people are like the big story. They're like, oh my God, they're going to go three, three years without a Star Wars movie? Hmm. Yeah, okay. Like That's going to be it. This is really the break that Star Wars needs to refresh the brand. Because there's going to be no Star Wars content until 2022. You're
1: I think a break is like... Pull your
0: head out of your ass.
1: Our last break
0: was pretty good the the twenty the the twenty year one <laughs> yeah that was pretty good twenty year one with some books and a couple a couple cartoons yeah yeah that was good three years filled with uh you know seventeen Disney Plus exclusive prestige television shows not the same thing twenty twenty three untitled Disney live action Avatar three and that's just basically alternating Star Wars and Avatar for the rest of the decade yeah
1: Avatar which <sighs> nobody wanted.
0: Nope. And nobody needed Nobody asked for this So when you wonder Like this is just As I said on Twitter This is just the actual sound Of me shutting the door On the culture Like This is all, the, this, is just all they got. this is all they got This is all they got um, I'll be 50
1: Yeah You'll be 50 If not dead You'll be 50 <laughs>
0: <sighs>
1: And maybe I've sold a kidney by then
0: and like, like this is it y'all This is it
1: Things may happen.
0: So, what what is your, what's your hot take for why I don't like Marvel movies? Oh
1: well, no, it it, it it's I, I think you know this, and everyone really kind of knows this, but I'm just saying this uh-huh. so we can like just confirm <laughs> a main because when I talk to you about Marvel movies, oftentimes you're like, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was it was fun. Like it was a it's popcorn, right? Yeah. But I you cannot let go of the rest of the culture. Like, it's just pervasive. Right?
0: I don't know why it's as... I don't know... It's like, we wanted it to be a thing. We didn't want it to be the only thing. I didn't want it to be the only thing. Right. This isn't even saying, like, I'm possessive of it and I want it just for me. It's like, y'all, this is all there is? This is all y'all want? Like, the best Marvel movies have been the ones that have broken out and done something different. Guardians Mm -hmm. is a legitimately good movie because it looked like... It's the first one that really kind of like broke the formula. It's like we're going to space, bitches! Like, right? And you know, everyone's Han Solo. Yeah, we're making Star Wars, and the entire crew is Han Solo. Mm -hmm. Like, how could that not be awesome? You had two serviceable Thor movies, and then Taika comes through and is like, "You know what? Nah, I'm gonna take this Hulk story that was really cool. We're just gonna do that and put Thor in it." Yeah. Those are the ones, like, ain't nobody talking about Doctor Strange. No. Sorry, Cumberbatch. Nobody's really, you, you, you pulled the short straw on that one. Like, nobody's. Cucumber. You got, no, you got another, like, four four movie appearances minimum on this. Yeah. The closest thing in, like, the mainstream ones was, like, they, they gave Shane Black, they gave Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Iron Man 3. Like, mm-hmm. how did that happen? Also, it was amazing. It was. Because it was, re- because it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. People were mad at the, at the Mandarin twist in, in Iron Man 3. Nerds, it was fucking great.
1: It, it just... Ben Kingsley playing a dopey
0: actor was the greatest thing ever. And you know it was, so just fucking let it go. No, it's like, if you are like... If you have ever hashtagged Thanos demands your silence on any of your social media accounts, just don't follow me. Just go. Just get out.
1: They probably don't follow you anyways. Some of them do. Oh. I gotta hear this story sometime.
0: I feel this way about any like I love the Queens. I love the tropical sounds of 1980s Japan. Right. I also like literary fiction and like essays. Like it's it's not my whole it's not my whole thing. You Like, like a
1: variety of things.
0: You like Murder She Wrote. Yeah, I do. And the Green Bay Packers. Like,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do. Um, and the Pistons. We'll get to that later. <laughs> look,
0: look at the title of this episode. Clearly, <laughs> we're kind of veering left right now. Like, it's not all we do.
1: Which is, goes back to why, for you, you can't enjoy a Marvel movie because you know there's just it never-ending and it's, it makes you so angry. It's not, it's
0: not the band I hate. It's the fans. It's not even the fans. It's just like... It's just... I don't think the, like... It's one of the reasons why I don't really follow comics anymore is when you realized and you should, and when you realize, and you should have known a lot earlier, the shit's never going to change. Like, and when you let yourself into the carnival barkery of like comic book promotion, where you read like a solicit copy for an upcoming book and it's like, oh, the Marvel universe will never be the same. Shut the fuck up. Of course it's going to be the same, especially now you're owned by Disney. Like. Yeah. No, nothing you do is not going to be vetted and i also th- i think that's the other thing It's like it's one part of the culture and it's one part it's just a widget on some like it was always you know well, it was always part of some corporation but like are you really considering the size the massive size of this corporation it's another reason why i like veer more towards anime anymore because anime is at least like underground it's like <laughs> it's like telling the same type of stories but like Sure, Funimation's owned by Sony at this point. Well,
1: sometimes they tell the same stories, and sometimes they tell about weird frog goblins that literally go into your butt. So you know,
0: I haven't watched this week's episode. Hey,
1: Marvel's not doing that,
0: (laughs) That, right? Disney's not doing that. Next time you see Gamora, shove her hand up Peter Quill's ass to pull out a Shiro Kodama. (laughs) Talk to me. Talk to me
1: things have changed. But yes, I just, I came to that realization of, and I kind of knew that because we talked about that literally every time we talk about Marvel, you talk about just like it was good, but Marvel, like and Disney. Um, And I think that's unfortunate. And I understand where you're coming from, which is the whole like that monoculture sort of, we don't want everything to be the same. We don't, we want things that are different.
0: Burn it down. Read no logo. (laughs) Um, The If anything, I was about to say like, I don't I don't think the, like, never-ending, never-changing aesthetic of comics should be in movies. Right. But if anything, movies kind of have something going in its favor because they're made by actual people. Right. With actual wants and needs and, you know, bodies mm-hmm. that <laughs> slow down and decay. Yes. So, I believe... Spoilers. The spoiler goes over. They said that. They're the fucking... The Mary Sue's throwing up clips from Endgame now. <laughs> so you had two weeks. I guess that's the official statute of limitations <laughs> on spoilers. Weeks is you it? had two. You had two weeks to watch Endgame. Um Tony's gonna be dead.
1: I think so, yeah. Tony's
0: always dead. Yeah. Tony ain't coming back. Because
1: Because he's doing other things. Robert Downey Jr. has a
0: is like, production company. Thanks. That was a great ten years.
1: They're doing what's it called? The thirties. Um, uh, mystery guy show that ran for ages. The
0: Spirit, The Shadow.
1: No, no. Not a superhero thing. He's a some sort of lawyer.
0: Perry, oh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Oh, yeah, he's doing Perry Mason. Good lord. Well, um, his
1: production company is doing Perry Mason. Robert Downey Jr. can't be in Perry Mason because Robert Downey Jr. is going to be in, yes, you hear it here, folks. He's going to be in the third Sherlock movie. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> That, that that's your version of Sherlock. Take take that over. It's ridiculous. Over cucumber, of
1: course, because cucumber Sherlock is terrible, and they're terrible to women on the show. Whoa,
0: well, I've not watched them in a while, so I can't. And like she was a spy. She got to be a spy. That was the dumbest season.
1: Um, and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, Sherlock is just absurd and uh, delightfully absurd. It's kind of like the Mummy. Like it's just like this delightful absur- absurdity that I enjoy, and like violence and explosions. That's not Sherlock Holmes, but who cares? I think it's it was, just fun. It
0: was Twenty years for the Mummy recently. The Mummy had an anniversary recently, oh, like yeah, a yeah, nord- I think normal anniversary. Twenty years. But anyway, yes. If Tony Stark dies in the comics, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. He'll be back. Everybody fucking comes back in the comics. But Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is not coming back. Maybe we'll have you know. Maybe they'll fucking hire. I don't know, fucking Timothy Chalamet to be like young Tony Stark. Right. (laughs) Like when Bendis fucking brought back the original 60s X-Men to try and forward in time to keep Jean Grey on the team but not actually resurrect Jean Grey through the fucking Phoenix Force or some shit (laughs) because that's so played out. Um, I think Dead will stay dead in the movies which is something they have going for them. I watched the trailer to Homecoming. We all watched the trailer to Home or Far From Home. Yeah. We all watched the trailer from Far From Home and like you know, well, now it makes sense why Happy plays such a,
1: a role. large role. Yeah.
0: Because, you know, there's there's mourning there. Yeah. Um, and I think it will be, I think that will actually have, you know, impact and resonance in a way that the comics, you know, never do. Wolverine died like fucking <laughs> three years ago dimes. whatever. And they, they wiggled their way around it for a while. They brought old man Logan back into the current day. Like, you know, they smashed all the multiverses together, or mm-hmm. um, consolidated all the multiverses to get, you know. Alternate reality versions of Logan, but not the real Logan. Well, now the real Logan's back. Like yeah. the quote, quote unquote, real Logan. That shit happens all the times and all the time. It never, it never ends in comics. I think it will end with the movies, which gives it a little bit of an edge. But as you know, when you read that production slate, yeah. it's like doesn't really end though, does it? They're making a fucking Eternals movie. Like, yes, deep digging.
1: And Eternals means forever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: People just saw Eternals project. They thought it was like for the yeah. They they thought for the Jack Kirby characters. No, it's just like the philosophy of of (laughs) Marvel Disney. uh,
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh, Yeah.
0: You got anything else, kiddo?
1: Um, no, that's about it. I mean, I do have some updates.
0: Oh, right, updates. I guess we did. There might have been some watching. Let me think on it. Speak.
1: Um, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Amazing. Of food, (laughs) which is bad, because every time I watch about food. I have to eat food yeah, and not when I'm hungry, just when I'm snaggy.
0: What do you think? I have two bags of rice chips over there
1: and I can't stay awake for something longer than like 10 minutes. <laughs> so like I watch one video on the bus home and then by the time I get home, I, I have to pass out. Um, and then I wake up and I want snacks because the last thing I watched was, you know, someone So there's this person named Emmy made it in Japan. She does all kinds of videos, but one of the ones she does are these m r e videos, which are uh, meals um ready oh man they're ready? the they're the army meals <laughs> meals m r e meals ready I can't remember the third word um anyways she does that's the... a
0: real niche activity and a real niche demo that you are apparently in
1: <laughs> well. A bunch of people do these MRE videos where they unbox them and they eat them and where they, are they do getting like a, them from. Apparently it's very difficult. So people will like send them to her. She's done a ton of them, but I love them because everything is in a package. It's like <laughs> my goal in life, just to someone give me packaged food forever. I want the packages to be biodegradable though, and possibly be able to be eaten. Um Like, made out of seaweed or shrimp casings or something that they're doing these days. Um, But this is, like, food, which I love, and tiny snacks, and things in packages. It's just, it's like a multi-Venn diagram.
0: Taking all our boxes.
1: Yeah. Um, And then I've also been watching, so because those um, uh, English... Life in Victorian England video food videos. I mentioned that one time. right. Um, they only make them maybe once a month, maybe less than that. because I can't get enough of that kind of stuff. there's this a man the um, YouTube site is called Townsends. they they own a store somewhere probably in New England, but he makes eighteenth century cooking, and yes. I just, yes, about everything. Yes, about everything. There He uses, like, old-timey methods. He wears an old-timey outfit to make these foods. He has, like, an old-timey kitchen. It's amazing. And I love everything about it. He's okay. I just love, like, him describing, like, weird gravies and how they used to make cookies. And it just it makes me so happy. But then I get snacky. That's a problem. So if you have any cooking videos you'd like to share, please do so on Facebook or Twitter. So Jordan can send them to me because I won't check.
0: And I don't think I have watched anything. Anything? Just tech reviews of... <laughs> of phones. YouTube tech reviews of the Google Pixel 3a. Yeah.
1: Well, you know what? It
0: doesn't have a waterproof rating, Caitlin.
1: Why? Why?
0: <laughs> Red Why? I my garment.
1: Waterproof, <laughs> like right like right?
0: to illustrate this, one of the videos, had <laughs> like literally taking a phone that I assume was waterproof and literally just casually, not like he accidentally dropped it. He was literally just like putting it into under a tap, running water over it. When would that ever happen?
1: Why would that happen that way?
0: Why are you washing dishes with your phone in your hand?
1: Just drop it like you would into the toilet. Right? Because that's how it happens. It
0: is. I've done it once. With a shittier phone than the to I, I, I
1: was gonna say this has never happened to me because I don't usually take my phone to the washroom. But I know it has happened to people.
0: The rice trick does work though. Okay, good to know. Um Yeah. <laughs> most mostly that. Um Yeah, and the thing the thing you gave me. And continuing. So the
1: thing I, I gave you is addictive.
0: It is. <laughs> it's like she had some curated ones and it was like, I'll just roll through these first four. Oh, <laughs> Thankfully, the ones she wanted me to watch were all in that batch. Um, yeah, apparently Brooklyn Nine-Nine is just the office for me now.
1: Which means what?
0: It's just kind of like always like... In the background? Running. It's like the background show. Yeah,
1: that's fine.
0: Make dinner for work that night. and you know, throw on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and let her run. I'm
1: fine with that. I'm fine with Brooklyn um, Nine-Nine being that.
0: Took Stephanie Beatrice a while to find the voice. I'm back in season one now. It's way higher yeah. than season one.
1: I, uh, I have not seen this season at all. So we will save that talk for some other day when I watched it.
0: I told you last week it's written by people on Coke.
1: I know. And we were going to talk about that at some point.
0: Yeah, It's really got, really got the sense of like, I'm sure there has been, you know, it's like six, seven season, whatever. There's probably been changeover in the writer's room. And there's yeah. some.
1: Some people some, are on Coke.
0: There's some walking. It's there. coming
1: back. <laughs> Watch out.
0: Well, that's what it was. I managed to, <laughs> Caitlin was like, go home after TCAF and get some sleep. I did not get some sleep. I watched an episode of Superstore because that's what I could, that drops on Fridays. Superstore and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine both drop on uh, both drop on Fridays.
1: Just chugging away on Superstore, huh?
0: Again, soup's comfy sitcom. If it was on Netflix, I'd probably be burning through that too. Yeah. What um, was the episode this week? It was like so. A- Amy, the America forever. She's mm-hmm. the GM now, right? Of the store. Um, Glenn had a reason for stepping down. I can't remember what it was, but he stepped down. Uh, Amy got the job basically by blackmailing the regional <laughs> director. <laughs> As you do. As you do. Um, and, whew, just, if you know, you know, it's just like the store's falling apart because we don't have enough labor.
1: Yeah, And that hits Cor- very close to home.
0: Cor- corporate wants us to cut hours again. Yep. Uh, and then basically what ends up happening is, like, somebody, <laughs> somebody posts a picture of a shopping cart filled with steaks that <laughs> was just lying around. Um, and then, it, you know, they do the opening the opening credits and it's Amy in her office with of corporate and they're going like we're really concerned about this social media post about the the photo of all the steaks in your in the cart in your store like like I mean if you can't handle things I guess we could you know we can give you more labor if you can't handle it and at first I thought it was going to be like a like oh no they're setting her up with like a right. like you know you're just supposed to handle it and like it's like Jonah basically saying the thing that we all know having been in that position it's like no they're not going to give us more labor because they know We're going to bust our hump more to keep the store from falling apart. Yeah. Which they're then going to take as a justification to give us less labor. Yeah.
1: Yo, you're fine. Look, you can handle it.
0: Back before I was in my current job, it was like we would get like fucking 24 pallets in. I think our biggest night we got 36 pallets in a single night.
1: Right. Which is just, if you want to.
0: I got four last night, yo.
1: So a pallet, if you don't know what that is, it's a big square. It's like a
0: five by five, five and a half by five and a half.
1: And it's loaded with stuff on top of it, usually in plastic
0: wrap. Yeah, it's what they put the boxes on to send to the store. Um, And this one night we got like 36 and I'm like literally screaming at people like, don't do too good of a job. Yeah. Do a good job. Don't do too good of a job.
1: Because then they're going to be like, oh, they did such a great job with only four people. You're going
0: to do too good of a job. They're going to be like, oh, well, I guess we can raise our max cap to 38. You guys could take like 38, 40 skids in a night, huh? Yeah. No, motherfucker, we can't.
1: No, we can't. We can maybe do it once, once a year.
0: Um. So, so Amy's like flabbergasted that they're just like, well, I guess if they, I guess if we let the store fall apart, they'll give us more labor. So they start making a bunch of fake Twitter accounts to like <laughs> take photos of shit going wrong in the store. Um. And of course, it goes wrong, and they figure out that it's an employee who's doing it, type yeah. of thing. But just like, ooh, really, really digging in there, Real. digging in there. It's a, mm-hmm. Somebody who writes for this show has has worked in retail and deep. Like, yeah. You're cutting deep into that industry. Anyway, I mean, like, Superstore is not going to be flashy. It's never going to be like the. It's just it's just chugging. It's going to be
1: Big Bang Theory. It's going to
0: be Big Bang Theory. It's not going to be Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like, it, it, listen, if Superstore gets canceled, there's not going to be like a an
1: uproar. It's not going to
0: be a Twitter campaign to get, to get it get Hulu to pick it up or some shit. Like, no. Superstore will will just vanish whenever it gets canceled. Mm-hmm. But doesn't mean it's not worth a look.
1: No. It's a good time. Especially if you work in retail. It'll make you feel better.
0: It will make you feel better. Yeah, that's basically I was, all I was watching. So, yeah. I guess we'll take a pause here.
1: Yeah, and then we're going to very Gosh, excitedly. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save <laughs> so it.
0: I, th- I think, well, we alternate so mine goes second. So she's just going to be dying the entire first half of the second segment.
1: I will. I will <laughs> die. And then I will be resurrected because we will be able to talk about the things we brought each other, specifically what Jordan gave me this week. PRP. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where you talk about the things we brought each other. Before we do so, though, and even before rules... We need to talk about how we're changing the name of the show. (laughs) Heard today on the streets of Toronto.
0: So the thing, (laughs) no, preamble. Okay. Caitlin McKinnon and Jordan Ferguson, I've been friends for a while now. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, not just friends. No. Like, to a certain extent, we share a brain. Yeah. And many people in my life have been like, you and Kate, like, never. I'm like, no. No, stop it. But I understand why, because sometimes, like... It's just the chemistry just pops. I don't know what it we is. just It just, just happened happen, happen with some people. To the fact that like we can be walking down the street, a busy Toronto street on a Saturday, and I will hear. Maybe it's because we both love that vine of they were roommates, so it's like <laughs> we're constantly listening. They were roommates. We were roommates. <laughs> so we're constantly like listening for like eavesdropping for overheard conversation. Yeah. And we will always zero in on the same thing. Always. So I, if I see something, if I hear something, I don't even ask. Hey, did you hear what that woman said? I just acknowledge it, and she already knows, or she's already laughing or acknowledging it at the same time. Yeah. So this is one of those, like, like case in point, we were getting our coffees before we came here. (laughs) There was a gentleman who apparently wasn't buying anything, just using the bathroom, and I don't know what he had going on in his grill.
1: So, So I look, and I see this man, and I think huh? And as I'm turning to Jordan to make the face of, huh? Jordan's already going, yeah, no, I see it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't know if that's what I saw, but yeah, no, 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 that's, that's that's happening. that's That's happening.
1: Which was that the man had a flashing grill.
0: It was like some sort of mouth guard that flashed, that flashed, and it was red. So he would like smile, and you just saw like a flashing red light in his mouth, like a siren, like no, a siren. No, light.
1: it was like a. Ns, 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 <laughs> ns. That's what brought brought that to mind for me.
0: He also had like a pork pie hat with a feather in it, and like
1: there was a lot going on. Parkdale,
0: Parkdale, Parkdale. Awesome, man. Just stay out, stay out of the Tim Hortons on a Friday on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah woo. Anyway, so in a similar vein, mm-hmm. this is why we're changing the name of the show because while we waited for the streetcar. We just, these two girls were like talking behind us and we hear the phrase,
1: come at me edge Lord,
0: <laughs> come at me edge Lord. So
1: the show will be geek down podcast, colon, <laughs> colon, come at me, edge Lord. <laughs> I'm, is...
0: I'm a really start. Like the drudgery isn't drudgery, but I mean the most drudgerous part of getting all of this together yeah. is like writing the sound cloud description. Yeah. Um, so I'm really good. <laughs> just like from now on, it's just like. It's literally one-sentence topics.
1: <laughs> Geek Down Podcast.
0: Geek Down Podcast. Episode 156. Come at me, Edgler.
1: Yeah. Uh. So, yeah. So, now, now that we've done that, we've got that out of the way. So, welcome
0: back to Come At Me, Edgelord.
1: <laughs> we have to talk about the rules.
0: Even though we flagrantly disregarded them this week, but, yeah,
1: but there are rules. So in a, in an know. ideal world. It's like parents, where they're like, these are the rules for the house, but I'm just going to ignore them completely. <laughs> Only you have to follow them. Meh. I'm moving out. Um... <laughs> Welcome to my teenage years. a grandma. grandma. <laughs> um, so, first rule is the, the rule of three. There you go. Yeah, there we go. You got to click that over. My brain is still on conversations we've heard today. <laughs> Anyways, the rule of three, which is that if the thing that we've given each other comes in parts, like a television show or um, a miniseries or a book or a comic collection or an anthology, we have to... Watch, read, listen to three of those things so that the thing gets a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. Yeah. Second rule, the one we flag- flagrantly disregarded, just,
0: just, just like, fuck it.
1: was hashtag save it for the pod, where we don't talk about the things we've given each other until we're sitting in front of these microphones.
0: Apparently, works really well if the only social activity we do is sitting in front of these microphones.
1: It does not work well when we're having fun hangout times and Caitlin's really excited. <laughs>
0: She she literally looked like she had just gotten, like, her speed sparkles when she was, like, eight years old. She was like... Uh, I got speed sparkles at two.
1: Thank you very much. Sorry. And I looked like I got speed sparkles at two. Like, I was super excited. Didn't care if I had a plastic imprint on my face every morning that I woke up. I just really needed to share this with somebody. So, yes. Flagrantly disregarded this. Yes. But I'm still super excited to talk about it.
0: Under normal circumstances, we'd like you to have the freshest of takes. There's still going to be flame takes flying, flying out of Jordan Kate's hot take house.
1: Flames. Be prepared.
0: Third rule, not so much a rule, but a policy.
1: That there will be spoilers.
0: Who cares? These but are historical artifacts.
1: They're not... Can't spoil them.
0: Can't spoil them. No. They're in the historical record. Yep. You already know what happened.
1: You can easily look it up on Wikipedia. Yep. Not even like when I Wikipedia, like a synopsis of all the episodes ahead of time because I'm getting too anxious. This is just, like, out there.
0: But it's possible you may be, like, maybe you don't know anything about it and you are startled and taken aback by some of the details and delighted by some of the details.
1: In which case...
0: Maybe that's what happens. So maybe you just want to, uh, duck out. Duck, duck
1: out. out. <laughs> um, in the nicest way possible. Yes. we really like you and we care that you're here. We want you to have a good time. But because of that, maybe you should just leave. Bye. Bye. Find your nook. Watch something in the nook. Go build a nook. Go build a nook. It's, you know, it's a miserable Saturday. We'll have time. Sunday's probably going to be terrible too and cold.
0: Probably.
1: So yeah, here we are.
0: We like to alternate. Even if we didn't like to alternate, I would make Caitlin wait to talk about the second thing. So we're going to start. <sighs> <laughs> we're going to start with the thing that Caitlin brought me.
1: Right. So. I wasn't really sure what to give Jordan. Um, I'd been watching this as well as along with some other Netflix documentaries. I don't know why I'm really getting into documentaries at the moment or like things about food. But I have been. This is in a different vein though. Um, I saw a clip of it on YouTube because of course I did. Um, and it kind of got me interested in the series. <laughs> Good on you, Netflix, and your whole like advertising on YouTube to try and get people to come back to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. It worked. Um, what I gave Jordan was the documentary series from Netflix called Losers. The new Netflix documentary series features in-depth conversations with individuals known primarily for their sports shortcomings. Over the course of eight episodes, the show focuses on a series of people whose failures stretched far beyond a single moment... Whether they were pillared by a particular community or made global headlines for a series of mistakes, these people carry the label of the title of the show. So, they're all in sports of some kind. Um, The three I wanted Jordan to focus on was the figure skating one, the curling one, and the boxing one. Yes. You would be surprised how... Interesting, even if you're not into sports, how interesting these things are. They they you know interview different people. They of course interview the people themselves, if they are alive. And it's a fascinating look at what we think of as winning and losing. Because this these are dynamic like issues and people and lives and Often the, the way these people have lost have sort of changed the sport or changed our mentality about what losing is. And they explore that in each of the episodes. I think that's a pretty good analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Jordan, what did you think? It was great. Ah, you pulled the Caitlin. <laughs> um... I, like I said, was really surprised. I, I The one that really attracted me, because I used to love figure skating, um, was the Soraya Bonnelly one. Yes. Um, I remembered her doing a backflip. Um, like, I watched it live.
0: Because
1: mm. at that time, I was, like, super into figure skating. Um, and so I watched, like, a clip on YouTube where they talk about that. And it totally was like, oh, I want to see the rest of this. So I ended up watching that. And then I was like, oh, what else would be interesting? And I was like, curling. That's super Canadian. There's ice involved in that one curling one was literally melted my brain
0: fucking wild (laughs) y'all
1: i I work with someone named Haley, who's wonderful and she curls and i like busted in that day and was like (laughs) Haley, talk to me about curling um so that was really cool and then even the boxing one like i found something i don't really even care about boxing and i found something really interesting and inspiring about that story and that world so, Jordan, you watched those three and you said you watched uh, another one as well? Well, yeah. I
0: just kind of dug into them before you had told me which ones you wanted me to watch. Mm-hmm. I figured I hit at least some of them and ended up hitting all of them because I watched the first four. And the second episode is about uh, the Torquay United football club. Yes,
1: that one was also amazing. In
0: the uh, in the years when, I guess this is still the way it works, it does a nice job of explaining the uh, different uh, leagues yes. in English football.
1: Yeah. Which is, can be very complicated. And I
0: mean, there's like premier championship, you know, whatever. And then there's like the bottom rung yeah. league. Um, Torquay always plays in the bottom rung. And you always. can get kicked out of like the whole shebang. Yeah. And I guess you lose your football club.
1: Like, yeah. If you're terrible enough and you don't have any money. Um,
0: and you don't earn enough points. Yeah. You know, because it's point ranking. A win, gets, a win gets you two. A draw gets you one. and A loss gets you nothing. Yeah. I think that's how it works. And... In this season, they brought in a new coach. Some drafted some interesting players. <laughs> yeah, um, and this is also like pre like Euro. Like you know, Spaniards were not coming through to yeah. uh, play on English teams. It no. was like you know, lads at the pub <laughs> yeah. who were who were kind of good at football. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you like, yeah, if you lost the whole shebang, you would get kicked out. And Torquay United was one of the Three teams that could have, like, fallen out completely in this one season. Mm-hmm. And it turned out they had to at least tie, I think, is what it ultimately yeah. came to. They had to at least tie this game, and it was not going well. And you have a crowd full of drunk and angry Brits on the verge of losing their football club. Yes. Which, I mean, it's also bearing in mind it's a real, like, Friday Night light situation where, like, football is all you have in Torquay.
1: Yeah, it's in the middle of nowhere.
0: <laughs> not, not a lot going on, and like Caitlin said, they had no money, so they're telling about tor- stories about they had this like one bus, <laughs> yeah. and the guys are too fucking tall to like.
1: They have to squish in the bus. They People... got their
0: legs hanging out the window, <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> and like part of the stadium is like collapsed.
0: Um. So, given things might not go well, they have the police there. Yeah, including
1: police dogs. Police dogs. Just in case things get a little rowdy.
0: Anyway, long story short, the ball rolls over next to uh, one of these uh, policemen and his dog. And the player, like, with no real, uh, you know, it was like a tense moment of the game. And he just runs towards where the ball is. Yeah. This dog turns around and just sees somebody running at his partner. And the dog fucking bites the (laughs) soccer player in the leg. Like, mouths down. puts a giant gash in his leg. The
1: captain, like, the best soccer player on their team. Yeah, their best
0: scorer. Um, I don't even, and like, I don't even know how they dressed his wound, but, like, he ended up... No, he didn't score. The guy who looks like he plays in the Buzzcocks.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but they, basically what it was is that the dog bit him, so they needed to take a break, and in that time, they found right, that... Right, they got that,
0: extra time. They got injury time, and that's when they scored.
1: But they found out the other team had, like, not tied. Right. So they only needed one point. They could
0: stay in if they tied.
1: Yeah. So... And they ended up scoring. But that was was the
0: real crux because they got the extra time and that's when they scored in that extra time that they wouldn't have gotten if this motherfucker hadn't gotten bit by a dog on the side of the field. Yeah. It's insane.
1: And it's about, it's not about them winning the whole championship or anything. It's about. It's
0: just about like, it's called losers, but I mean, the way I'm going to frame it makes it sound really hokey and Mm -hmm. the show is not hokey like this at all. But it's like, like Caitlin said, it's about like what's really winning and losing. Like these guys tied one game. But kept, the you know their football team, in, you know the city. Yeah, and they're still limping along. I guess like they're yeah. still they're still there, still creeping along. Yeah. Um. That's the huge, but like for them, that's a championship. And they may as well want a championship. That, that
1: was the like the best night of our lives.
0: Yeah, dude who looks like he's playing. Dude who scored the goal was like, <laughs> I didn't go home for three days. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> um. I spend all my money on booze.
0: The the first episode is. About this boxer, this guy who didn't—Michael Bent was his name. He didn't want to box.
1: Nope, his father pushed made into him. it by
0: his father. Um,
1: really sad, actually. Got beaten when he told his dad he didn't want to.
0: Yeah, and did well amateur, won Golden Gloves a bunch of times. Yeah, went pro, got knocked out. Yeah, first first match. Um, then gets booked in a match. Then because he gets knocked out, he's having a hard time finding any other any any other bouts. Yeah, this. Manager agrees to take him on and works out a deal where he's basically just going to be a tune-up for like the Great White Hope champ yeah. of the time. I don't remember what his name was. Tommy something. I'm sure it was Tommy. He something.
1: looked very German and very scary.
0: <laughs> look, look at that dude from Rocky Five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and
1: almost exactly actually.
0: And he's basically just supposed to be there to be like you know just put on a bout, make the guy look good, and he fucks around and beats him and wins <laughs> and wins yeah. the championship. And subsequently gets knocked out the next round by, I don't remember who, but...
1: Uh, One of the big ones. Like, Mike Tyson, maybe?
0: It wasn't Tyson, but it was in... He was in that era. He was in the Tyson-Lennox Lewis, um, not Sonny Liston. He ended up playing Sonny Liston. Because that's what his victory was. He ends up... um, I don't know where he was, but he met, like, the infamous boxing journalist Burt Sugar, who worked for you know, The Ring magazine. Yeah. And he writes this article on what it's like to be as a fighter to be knocked out, what and, that experience is like.
1: And the knockout makes it so he can't box again. Right. Because, and that's the big thing. Oh, yeah. It's
0: like he, if you take another knock on the head, you, you're, you're done. D- you're
1: going to die, which is so liberating to him. And that was his win. Was he found a way out of Boston? (laughs) Found a way out of the
0: thing he didn't want to do, and then he fucks around and like because he writes this article, you know, when they're working on the Ali biopic, yeah, um, I can't remember his name, but he wrote like you know, Bull Durham and Tin Cup and a bunch of bunch of other uh, Million
1: Dollar Baby,
0: wrote a bunch of those those movies and read this article, this essay that he wrote about getting knocked out. So when they were like looking for just guys who could act or that they thought could act and guys who could box but also, you know, do a modicum of acting. Mm. They hire him to play Sonny Liston in the Ali biopic opposite Will Smith. Like, And then he discovers this love for acting and he's like... And
1: writing and directing. And working
0: as like just a, you know, like million dollar baby. They need somebody to kind of like just consult and be like, no, it should be more like... It it would be more like this. Right. Just, you know, offer those pointers and shit like that. That's his win, you know? Um, The... Uh, was it Sor- Soraya bon- Bonnelli? Yep. Like, listen, I watched a fair bit of figure skating growing up myself. Mm-hmm. M- Mom was really into it. Yep. I always watched it at the Olympics. So I had like a vague recollection of her as well in the backflip as well, which was illegal. Yes, it's an you illegal were... move in figure skating. In figure skating. So dangerous. And after. This was her last run, right? So she had already had the bit at the Worlds where she yep. thought she skated her ass off and. And still came in second and yep. walked out, walked off the podium because she was super frustrated. And also, reporters, leave the fuck alone. Yeah, I
1: know.
0: Sorry, why did you walk off? Do you think you were treated unfairly? Blah blah blah. It's like I just like, please, had this crushing. Can you give me fifteen minutes, motherfuckers, including you, Canadian Olympic commentator? I saw your face in there. <laughs> you should be better. Do better by us. Do better. Um, but yeah, the, the backflip was basically just a spike on like the entire. <laughs> Yeah. The entire figure skating industry. It was like, man, fuck y'all, because I'm a black French woman, and I'm never going to get a fair shake around here. And so. she
1: she won like the French World or French Cup or whatever, yeah. like a bunch of times. Like if you
0: for a lot of these stories, if you list off the actual accomplishments, it's yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, why are they on a show called Losers? The, Michael Bent wins the heavyweight. Champion, you know the WBC BC heavyweight championship. Sorry, Bonnelly wins the French Nationals a bunch of times. Yeah, you know, that's se- a, the sec- national, second national. There we go. Second uh, silver medal in the worlds. Like, yeah. you know, these are not small accomplishments. No, but-,
1: but it's about what is really winning and what is really losing. For um, Bonnelly, once she went pro, she had all this freedom to yeah. do as many fucking backflips as she wanted. She could do cartwheels, which she does, which is amazing, and she just had this freedom to have expression and. And skate the way she wanted, which is a much more powerful type of skating. Because
0: they mentioned this early on. Like, she started as a gym, like a tumbling gymnast, right? Yeah. And they mentioned that. I think it's like Scott Hamilton, because if it's about figure skating. Scott Hamilton going to be in there. Yeah. Um, talking about, like, in tumbling gymnastics, before you do a run, you pause and you size it up. Yeah. So that's what she would do. She would do her little, like, flowy arm movements, whatever. But yeah. when it was time for a jump or a combination, she would basically stop in place, like, arms at her sides. And then hit these amazing, like, you know, triple doubles and yeah. quads and shit. Um,
1: and get penalized for it.
0: Because she didn't... You know, Do it
1: all flowy. F- figure
0: skating is a weird ass, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, there's no... There's technical and then there's, like, interpretive, right? Like, yeah. there's, like, the actual, did you hit the jump? And then there's, the judges just feel that you were, like, were you flowy enough? Yeah. And she was never flowy enough. But then she got flowy-er... She kind of got around that, skated her ass off, and still came in second. Um, yeah, so that's where she was like, "Mm mm, and fuck all this." We,
1: and as she even says in it, she wasn't an ice princess. Nope, she wasn't white, blonde haired, blue eyed. She wasn't the idea of what they thought an ice princess should be. Mm-hmm. Um, she was more badass.
0: And like Kate, she's said, like
1: fire queen.
0: <laughs> like Kate said, the curling one is fucking
1: crazy because
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a two parter. Like yeah. It starts with this, oh, I don't even remember what the first guy's name, but they were from, it was the Northern Ontario team. I'll just go with the teams because I don't remember yeah. their names. Okay. I think it was Al, Alan, Alan and Pat. Uh, yeah. and uh, Pat Alan, what, Pat White was the guy who, who came in the second half, who okay. like broke, who like With broke, the mustache. Yes. Who like broke curling. Yeah. And,
1: um, but we'll just call the first team, well, it's Iceman, <laughs> who would always be super serious. Yes. But he was from Northern Ontario, rocked curling. He's very good at it.
0: Very good at it, and lost a few a few go rounds yeah. at the uh, at the at the nationals or the Briar. The Briar because we had the Briar Cup.
1: Yeah,
0: um, lost a few, and then dominated a few times, mm-hmm. and then that's right. He met they faced Alberta in the finals with this Pat White guy. Yeah, skipping. He was the skip. He's the skip skipper. Um, and he thought I had it locked up, and Allen hits this like crazy insane shot. shot, and just like clears the lane. It's like it's. It, it's the curling equivalent of just he just Yeah he just dropped everything. And they win. And you, your boy Pat strikes me as a bit of a focused individual.
1: <laughs> That's a good word for it. Um very focused. And
0: he basically like I didn't like I I would have to watch it again to fully get what he did, but it's like he it's like he moneyballed curling. It's so, like
1: so basically in curling, what how it used to be is you could all the stones are the little flat, swirly things that you throw. You throw stones um, and if you just knock stones out of the way, um, you you can do that in curling. People just didn't used to do that. Mm. so they would go around stones, they'd leave some, but he was like, "Hey, no one's saying we can't. So we'll just knock all the other team stones away. And basically, you would find people
0: who were really good at that. Yes, like,
1: and they like got super good at just knocking people's stones away. Um, so that means that the score went down in curling. So it used yes. to be like maybe five, six, Absolutely. seven,
0: and people started like a wrestling match. The c- crowd of old like bingo hall <laughs> curling fans started chanting,
1: "Boring!" Because they would just like decimate these teams. It was
0: like, it, thinking about it now, it reminds me of Moneyball, where it was like. The radical move of you know that Oakland Athletics team was like, just get people who hit on base. Yeah. Just get get them on base. I want guys who can hit singles. I don't want people who suck. I don't care about people who suck dingers mm-hmm. and hit home runs. If he gets on base, I want him. Yeah. And that's how they ended up you know having this amazing run because it was just dudes who could like, if you just get making your way around the bases one at a time, you're scoring runs, which is what this Pat White was doing. He was just like. I just, I don't care about scoring myself. I'll just make sure nobody else can score either.
1: Yeah, and that changed. He was also more, like, athletic. They talk about, like, what a curler used to be, which was, like, a guy who was maybe slightly overweight, (laughs) who had a beard and a a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, and it was a very, like, fun, relaxed game. Kind of like bowling, you could say. But then... Pat turned it into, you know, he worked out. They had all these rules. There was no drinking the night beforehand. Like
0: no, no wives, no nothing. Became also, very athletic, and it used to be real collegial too, right? Yes. Like you would go out. It's, it's one of the great lines in the show when the when the Northern Ontario team loses, <laughs> they're sitting there and they're all bummed, and it's like,
1: what would we be doing if we
0: I, won? Alan, Alan in a rare moment of Alan displaying any sort of like I don't know human <laughs> emotions, <laughs> he's like, well, what what would we be doing if we won? Having a drink at the bar.
1: Let's go. Let's go
0: do that. Yeah. Um,
1: but Pat, not doing that. Mm-mm. So he, he loses. He comes back, changes the game, and they literally change the rules. Yeah. Which I actually found out from Haley, they changed them again after that yeah. because they wanted them to be more stones that you were allowed to keep there. So people now people have to go around Okay. the protecting stones. Mm. I don't know what they're yeah. called. <laughs> Basically, you have stones sort of blocking the shots in the middle, right? So now they've even upped the ante again because the game has become much more athletic and much more about strategy. Um so
0: Yeah, like they they show footage of like what I assume was probably like the last Briar. Yeah. And these dudes look like fucking like they play for the New York Rangers. Like they're they're yeah. like giants. Yeah. They have buzz cuts. They're like all ripped and shit. You know, they're the pol you know, they're little under Armour polos are, like, straining against their <laughs> biceps. It's like, and what a world. The
1: the game has kind of exploded in popularity, right?
0: It's an Olympic sport now.
1: Yeah. So, there. are what is losing, what is winning, what you could say. Like, he did, Pat does actually win a couple of the Briar Cups, but he's also...
0: He won after they changed the rules on him. Yeah. He, they changed the rules on him, said he couldn't do it, and he came back and, and fucking won it again. And
1: won it again. Um, So, it, that is winning for him, right? Like... Having a sport change because you're so good—that's kind of kind of amazing.
0: So yeah, uh, I'm clearly going to get to the rest of them. Yeah, at some point, and this is easily a nine.
1: Ooh, nice! Go, so, <laughs> Just stop giving him Marvel. Find <laughs> weird documentaries.
0: Weird documentary series.
1: Amazing. All right. So. So.
0: <laughs> She's very excited now. Moving on.
1: What are you talking about? Caitlin
0: gives me this sports, sportsish thing. Sport. You know, we love sports around. We love sports around. We do and sports. S- we do
1: sports. Yeah. We talk about sports and sports stuff.
0: Doing the finger gun under the chin. We do sports. We do the do the hooper ball and the the ice puck and and
1: the throwy thing
0: and the and the, the stick smack and
1: stick smack. Yeah, we like stick smack.
0: Racket smash.
1: Racket smash. Yeah, all the sports. Yeah. Right.
0: We love all the sports around here. Yeah. And I was just thinking to myself, God, do I have any like sports sports sportsy type things in my life? And I was like, well, there was one thing I watched once and I really loved it because it had a deep connection to my soul. So let me see if I can dig this up and find it and give it to Kate. And I did dig it up and find it and give it to Kate and friends. It went over a far better than I could have ever thought. And that was the 30 for 30 documentary, Bad Boys. Caitlin McKinnon is now the biggest public enemy fan in the world.
1: Not only that, she's also the biggest Pistons fan in the world.
0: What? Uh oh, it's the greatest rap you'd ever made. Let's give it that
1: 1989, Kate. 1989.
0: So, as Caitlin said, this is a documentary directed by Zach Levitt. It was part of the 30 for 30 series. That was a series of 30 documentaries done to commemorate the anniversary, uh, the 30th anniversary of the ESPN Sports Cable Network franchise property. about 30 different directors on 30 different topics all about, you know, sort of game changing things, mm-hmm. things that happen, important moments in sports. And this one focuses on the NBA team, the D- Detroit Pistons, specifically the 1989-1990 championship, Detroit Pistons. Yeah, it does. Colloquially known at the time as the Bad Boys.
1: Bad Boys!
0: Summary goes as follows. The Detroit Pistons of the late 80s and early 90s seemed willing to do anything to win. That characteristic made them loved and hated. It earned them the title Bad Boys. Friends, when I went in to watch this when it first aired, you need to understand I was in 7th slash 8th grade mm-hmm. when the Pistons were ascending. And as I said, I grew up in a small town across the river from Detroit. So everything we took in was Detroit. Detroit television, Detroit newspapers, Detroit radio. Yeah. This is why I love the music I do is because I was listening to Detroit radio. It's it's blasphemy. Like the Leafs v. Wings is like... Whatever. It's no, it's like the Civil War down there. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> because yeah. you have ones who are like, well, you know, your team should be the Leafs because we're Canadian. It's like, yeah, I can't go to a Leafs game, though. I can go to a Wings game because it's like 10 minutes across the border. Like, yeah. So we can go for the Wings. And frankly, <laughs> a lot more rings when you're <laughs> got a lot more rings when you root for the Wings. Ooh, snap. <laughs> no shots, but shots. Detroit hadn't had a sports win in so long. Like, I had a vague memory. Being younger and like the Tigers in '84, I think I was like in kindergarten. Like, yeah, won the World Series. So this is like I was conscious for it, and like it was huge when they were like ascending and winning. And I remember watching games with my mom and at simultaneously being furious at her. Like, <laughs> my mom was for somebody who didn't care about sports. She was a real armchair coach. Like back <laughs> in those days, like what the fuck are you doing? Fucking, what are you doing? What are you doing Mahorn? Like. <laughs> Just kind of like, can you, can you just relax I'm trying to watch the game? Oh,
1: it's like me watching a Green Bay Packers game. Probably.
0: Right. But like in my entire life, this is probably the only time like I cared about basketball. Right. I followed basketball. I knew players on every team. I watched fucking NBA inside stuff on Saturday afternoons. Like I was deep in it <laughs> and I forgot how deep in it I was until I watched this documentary the first time a couple of years ago. Cause I knew it was out. I knew they'd done it. And I was like, well, yeah. I'll probably be interested in that. I should probably hunt that down. It'd probably be fun to watch. And I was just in love with all of it. Like, Tell me about it. It's that moment. Why did I play Public Enemy? Because the moment when you see the star, the unsurpassed star of this era of the Pistons with a guy named Isaiah Thomas. Mm -hmm. Isaiah comes out and they're talking to a few people. You know, your usual documentary like setup type stuff, you know, nods to the larger themes that you're going to dig into more. And it's just this moment where Isaiah, who, if you've never seen Isaiah Thomas,
1: Whew.
0: Caitlin has feelings. I have feelings. <laughs> we might have to make some posse amendments here. <laughs> he's, a sh- he's a little tiny. You may, may not be able to get on the horse, but. It's just
1: the Pistons. It's just the 1989, 1990
0: team, <laughs> the
1: Pistons. They can ride back up.
0: They would. They'll you know, be in the mountains. You know, you, know, you know they'd have your back. Um. He's got this this cherubic-faced, like, you know, charmer.
1: He has this smile that just is, like, dazzling. Like, men... The men were all <laughs> talking about how beautiful his smile was.
0: But a fucking assassin. Ooh. Like, all the competitive drive and, you know, willingness to just light your ass up mm-hmm. if it meant winning or losing. Um and it's just this moment in the intro before the before the you know credits roll where he just says this thing and with that smile on his face is like, you know, we had a saying, say what you want. The film don't lie. And then you just hear, and <laughs> fucking fight the power by public enemy starts. And I was like throwing shit out the window of my apartment. <laughs> I was like, fucking yes. Let's go. Let's fucking go. I'm here for this. Yeah. And it just all came flooding back to being like 12 years old. And just idolizing these guys. And I don't even think I realized at the time, and it wasn't until I watched this, just how fucking so the thing with them was basketball was still kind of a gentleman's game to a certain extent. To a certain extent. This is the game where they have the foul rule, where yeah. like you're not supposed to touch people really. Like yeah. you're not supposed to you know, it's not like hockey where you cross check people and that's part of the game. It's like if you like smack somebody's hand, that's a foul and they get to take shots. Like yeah. that era was dominated by the Boston Celtics which had Larry Bird as yep. their star player, speaking of great white hopes, the great white hope of ba- basketball, Larry Bird, and Showtime, the 1980s Lakers,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Magic Johnson, Kareem, James Worthy, all those guys. And basically it was just alternating for like seven years. Mm-hmm. Lakers-Celtics, Lakers-Celtics, they just won. One of them won the championship every year. yeah. And a lot of people thought when this, this fellow from Chicago on the Bulls started making rumblings, that this, this Michael Jordan fellow was going to be the one who would probably end up... He's quite good. He's quite good. This could be the one to... He could be the next in line to overtake the Celtics and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And from the the wasteland of the Midwest, this fucking group of upstarts, no real superstars except for Isaiah, yeah, decide that they're going to claw and su- suplex and...
1: And just fucking smack.
0: RKO and tear from the sky every other player on their way to a championship. Yeah. And that is what they did. And they were hated for it. And we loved them because they <laughs> were hated for it. Because we were like, it's just so Detroit. Like
1: They were bad. They were so it, bad. It
0: wasn't a clever name. They were not nice people. And I haven't mentioned his name yet. <laughs> I think when we when when this podcast is long over and we we are we're shutting her down yep. and we are maybe ma- drafting a list of the greatest Hall of Fame things that we have each brought into each other's lives. Mm-hmm. The existence of Pistons Center Bill Lambeer oh, is probably going to be easily top three five, if not top three, yeah, on the list of things I've given Caitlin. Bill Lambeer... With a white dude on the Pistons, played center, from a very, like, wa- very upper waspy, middle, yeah. waspy upper class. Yeah. He only ever played for the Pistons, I believe. Yeah. Um, he
1: played for the Pistons and then retired.
0: Relatively short career. And he was the thug.
1: Oh, yeah, he was.
0: He was a fucking prick, and he knew it, yeah. and he had no problem Doing whatever he had to do to get you off your game he he, he, he was, was the heel of all heels. he
1: was into psychological torture by means of just physical punishment <laughs> of other players like he there are moments this is sort of near the back end, but they have him on the sideline literally saying, like when they're playing in one of the the finals games going, yo, half that team is thinking about me right now." And there would be times when he wasn't even near players and they'd be freaking out because they thought that he was about to just like come in and clobber them. Like there's so much, like, so much this is not, this
0: is not, that's not a euphemism. Like he would literally just elbow motherfuckers in the side of the head. Like, yeah.
1: And just like there was a moment where he, he's very tall and he literally just would put his hands up and smack people down. Just like smack them down. There was one guy who, from another team, who was so angry, just started wailing on him, just slapping him and punching him. I think that was, was in so the Celtics. Angry. Is that
0: a free fucked up bird?
1: I No, no, it wasn't. I can't remember who it was. So the
0: Celtics were their nemesis for the longest time. They yeah. would keep meeting the Celtics in the finals of their the Eastern. It was the Eastern and the Western Conference. They played in the East.
1: Bill was like, I used to spit on the leprechaun's face <laughs> and then get but, let's go. The, the
0: historic Boston Garden with the parquet floors, all that. Yeah. And and yeah, Bill was like, I'd spit on that leprechaun whenever I walked in. <laughs> um, and it was all like, Bird was revered, right? Like, he, yeah. gentleman's basketball and like this one infamous takedown. Where he went up for a shot and like it looks like a fucking RKO, like li- yeah. Lambeer basically grabs him and yanks him by the neck down to the fucking floor, flat like, on his ass.
1: Am I watching basketball or wrestling? Like, what is going on here? And I know it sounds terrible, but sometimes it's real fun to root for the bad guy, and they were bad guys.
0: And it's not, but that's, but the other part is, it's not just that they were also really fucking good oh
1: oh yeah absolutely they were like as players and they had this team that like had synchronized and and it's also
0: the story of like the decade it can take to jack mccloskey i think his name was was the owner yeah to find the coach yep daddy rich chuck daly Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck i remember i remember like car commercials like like suit Finds menswear <laughs> local commercials that Chuck Daly would be in growing up as a kid. Like, yeah. he was that dude. Um, to putting this team together where you had, you know, so Isaiah Thomas was, like, the confirmed star. Lambeer was Lambeer. But then you found this, you know, this, you brought this other guy, Rick Mahorn, who had a bad rap. And he and, and he and Lambeer just sync up and become the fucking team. Legion of Doom and destroying people. There's
1: all these, like, posters of them of the two of them just, like, looking thugged out <laughs> on the side of a car. And, like... They just embraced it.
0: To the addition of Joe Dumars, who was, like, this really soft-spoken, like, this documentary is probably the most I ever heard Joe Dumars speak in my entire <laughs> life. Um, he's just, like, this clinician. Like, yeah. he was, like, he was, you know, they talk about Jordan and Scottie Pippen later in the doc, but, like, Dumars was Isaiah's Pippen. Like, yeah. they were both, both point guard. I think they were both point guards. Don't come at me, Travis, if you get the deep history on this. <laughs> um, but... They just complement each other really well. And a couple of utility players like Mark Aguirre later on. Vinny yep. Vinnie Johnson. And a guy who, as I said to Kate, did you even know he was a good basketball <laughs> player? Or, you, or just that he was d- a very eccentric weirdo? And that is Dennis Rodman.
1: Yeah. And it's a whole other side of Dennis Rodman. Like, it's talking about, like, his really difficult upbringing that he had, like, no direction, really no family or love, and then getting sort of, like, welcomed into this...
0: He's got fumbling into basketball because he was tall. Yeah, like- and,
1: and being welcomed by this team and giving, giving support and love and, like, and how it's so interesting, but near the end of the, the documentary, more so the end, they talk about, like, they wanted de- um, him to start...
0: One of the, Mark Aguirre, who was brought in to be one of their, like, you know, third man, like, superstars, like, they weren't clicking going into this, was it It going into the the second victory? Yeah. Yeah, It was the 90s season. They just weren't clicking. Something wasn't quite right. And Mark Aguirre was like, you got to start Dennis. Yeah.
1: And he, and and Dennis was like, I I can't do that. He was like, (laughs) I don't, that's, no, that's not right. And even in, like, they're having, like, a, a talk, like, they're talking about, like, positions and stuff. And the... You know, they say, Dennis, we want him. And he's like, are you sure you don't want this other guy to... <laughs> do you want Mark
0: for this? No. No, we um, want
1: you. And and he would not do it unless it was okay with everyone else. Because he was so... This was his family, right? He wanted everything to be okay. And the thing
0: about Rodman was he was a defense player. like, yeah. And, like, I forgot just how, like savage. Like, he if you sat front row at a Pistons game, you'd even money that Dennis Rodman was going to fly into your lap because he chased yeah. every ball like it was the most important thing on earth.
1: Yeah. Like, every game was a final.
0: And I, yeah, I just, like, I clearly remember that being a kid just, like, and loving him because just, yeah. like, you know, I, I was a weirdo then and I'm a weirdo now. Like, I, the scoring guys, the superstars, that was fine. I always liked that, that weird guy off to the side <laughs> who was, like, the great defense player or, like, you yeah. know, could pull down all the rebounds and shit or, like, you know, they mentioned him so briefly and he doesn't talk, which is unfortunate. It's got This guy, Vinnie Johnson, who they call the microwave because he, like, <laughs> he like cooked up. He could cook up really fast when you needed him to like yeah. that type of thing. But yeah, just it just brought it all back and just how they're this weird moment that I think and they say this in the documentary basically that they kind of get glossed over because it goes yeah. and they were and he admits it himself. You know, the, the God admits it himself. Like, he would not have probably become who he became yeah. if he hadn't been. Like, they spanked Michael Jordan the first time they faced so, him.
1: So they talk about this great thing called the Jordan Rules, which was the, for the first time they went up, or first couple times they went up against Jordan, he was unbeatable. They were like, we don't know what to do about him. And Isaiah Thomas literally, he said he spent all night up talking to the... Oh, right.
0: They lost the first game or something and yeah. he like sat on a pier or something and, and then, then called Lambeer at like two in the morning.
1: Being like, I figured out... I think he actually called maybe the the manager. He called or, Chuck
0: or McCloskey. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then said, I, I figured out... And then maybe Lambier, I figured out the way we stopped Jordan and they had Jordan rules and they talked about how no one would admit that they had these. And so reporters would be like, "So, are the Jordan rules real?" and they'd all be like, "Oh, did you did you make up that name? Never heard of that before." Um, which was amazing. Um, and it was basically three or four guys on Jordan. Put
0: everybody on him.
1: Yeah. And then just like that is how they took care of him. And sure enough, they they broke Jordan. And Jordan said he wasn't mentally or physically tough enough.
0: He hit the gym in the off season. Because they spanked him so bad. Yeah. Um, And he started taking that part of the game more seriously than he had before. And
1: and Scottie Pippen. Like, they broke him mentally. Yeah. Like, they just... Lambeer went after him. To this day, he hates (laughs) Lambeer. He hates Lambeer. (laughs) Lambeer. He's just like, I hate him. I I, I absolutely hate him. Um, Which is kind of... In a weird way, (laughs) if you're going to be a villain, be a good villain.
0: (laughs) Just own it. Um,
1: Yeah. It just... Like, and Lambeer talks about getting into their heads and just that I found really fascinating. The whole team is unbelievably charismatic Mm. and I think that definitely helped with the villain thing. You want your villains to be, you know, smooth and charismatic and that's how you root, end up rooting for them.
0: Like, we adored them. Like Yeah, I no.
1: adored them. Jordan, I watched a documentary for an hour and a half, and I was sorry I didn't live through that. Like, I was so upset that, first of all, I don't even like basketball. And I was like, this is amazing.
0: Ba- ball is life, Travis. <laughs>
1: ball is life. Um, watching Isaiah Thomas weave through players mm. like they were nothing like they were pylons that he was doing exercises around. That was amazing. Watching Lambeer just literally smack people down. Like all of that watching like Rodman he there's a one scene where basically Rodman somebody I think it's maybe Magic Johnson steals the ball from him and he goes down the court he
0: made it back to the other end of the court and stole it back and stole like it
1: back because Rodman was Vicious. He was like, "No,
0: not today." Not today. And they, <laughs> what do we say to the god of rebounds? Not today. <laughs> not
1: today. Even the reporter was like, or the commentator was like, "Where the hell did Dennis Rodman come from?" Like he literally was like the Flash. He just like appeared. That was all fascinating and interesting. And the documentary, like the music was great. The setup was great. um Everything was great about it. Kid
0: Rock doing the narration was passable. <laughs>
1: Was that who? That was Kid Rock. Yeah, oh, I did not know that. I mean, fine. <laughs> I thought it was fine. Detroit, fine. Um, but just all of the. It was a great documentary. It's this amazing team, and you want to be, you kind of want to be part of the bad guys with them, right? And I think that's, you know, like you said, when you're down and out, Detroit didn't have much, right? They don't have superstars and superstar teams and.
0: We didn't get one again until the, to like the Iserman Wings dynasty where they won like three cups. Right. Like in a row. Um, and the Pistons had a, another back to back. When in the 90s? The early aughts. Ben, it was the Ben Wallace team. Um, Much, much later on. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. It was just this like between these two dynasties of or dy- dynasty eras of the like.
1: Celtics and the Celtics and the, the Lakers, Lakers and the Bulls after them. You have yeah. this like
0: blip of of these just insane, <laughs> insane dudes and like on the playground everywhere. You either had they still do them, I think. These like caricature shirts of like right. you know whenever 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 your team wins, you know they do the shirt of like the whole team and like editorial cartoon like yeah. caricature style. At least you know the week after would be like six kids on the playground either with that or just that black basketball with like the skull and crossbones on it right. like bad boy shirt like yeah like you had to have them
1: and like, and the fact that they connected so the, the pistons when they started getting this moniker of bad boys they i mean Isaiah Thomas talks about how fine we'll be like the raiders Mm. And the Raiders, like, sent them a... Bu- they would wear Raiders stuff right. all the time. The Raiders sent
0: them a bunch of shit.
1: Yeah, and they, like, all through, like, the seasons where they're starting to win, and then, you know, when they get to the finals, and they, like, they have all this Raiders gear on because they totally embrace this. Fine, we're going to be scrappy then. We're going to be scrappy, and we're going to do, we're going to do, like, court rules, right? <laughs> like, like...
0: D- down to... down The heelest of all heel moves... Um, which I had not seen growing up because so they 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 won two championships and then they got knocked out by the Bulls yes. in '91.
1: And again, Jordan has sa- like said, stated in this documentary, I would not be the player that did that if it had not been for them. Yeah, because he just worked on being mentally and physically prepared after that.
0: And what I did not know even at the time because I would not have seen this game because I was like at the local Catholic high school going to school at very weird times because we were <laughs> sharing school with the public board. Uh, at the same time. So I went to school till like 6 o'clock at night. So I had not seen this game or even knew this happened where the series was clearly over. It was done. Yeah. It was like 15 seconds left on the clock or whatever. <laughs> the Pistons just bounced. Yeah. They walked they just out left. of the
1: arena. And everyone hated them for it. Yep. Just, even Jordan was just like, it's disgusting. Oh, it's he, like- said, he said
0: some foul shit yeah. about them just how they were bringing down the...
1: Sports. Bringing
0: down the integrity of the game. Very and-
1: much like curling. And yeah. P- Mr. Pat. <laughs> Mr. Because I can't remember his last name. Um, but it just was so interesting and fascinating and got me so excited. And like I said, didn't even like basketball. And now I think this is amazing.
0: I, yeah, I could literally watch this duck like 500 times and probably never get tired of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm. For something I pulled out of my ass at the last minute to stay on theme for mm-hmm. the week. Mm-hmm. Real happy how that went over. Katie Mack. Yeah. Kick punches. What are you giving it? A 10. Fucking right you are.
1: So good. Do it for the boys in the D. So good. I want a Detroit versus everybody shirt now. <laughs> Wait, <so laughs> Maybe we, a Raiders shirt. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, check
0: that. Like And like, I mean, not for nothing. I mean, for me as a kid. Hip-hop was part of that, too. Yeah. You know, I loved Raiders gear because fucking full circle, Chuck D and Public Enemy always wore a Raiders cap. Yeah. So I had a Raiders sweatshirt. I had a real men wear black Raiders shirt. Like... Yeah. It was all about that sort of attitude. And at that time in the late 80s, like, the Pistons just... that they had, they had the swag. They had the attitude. And they had the skills. So...
1: Yeah. And it just... Everyone on that team was interesting. Like, they really did a great job of interviewing the right people and... I don't know. They and just... and, it,
0: and it hurt them. I mean, you can argue that Isaiah's legacy was damaged by a lot of those well, decisions. He, he didn't
1: get to go to the Olympics. He didn't.
0: The dream team, he should have been on, but he yeah. wasn't because he didn't, probably for that walk-off, cause, probably because he pissed off Jordan. Like,
1: Yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, it was all just really interesting. It was interesting about, like, how the team had to change, how trades had to be made, Um People's feelings about that. Maybe a little bit salty. Well,
0: it's funny. I'm, I meant to look it up because I don't think... They mention how, like, Isaiah and Magic were, like... They grew up together. They went to college yeah, together. They, and they were, were, like, friends. super tight. He was
1: at his wedding. They
0: they would always, you know... They would kiss each other at the start of the game. Yeah. Maybe was a little pick on the cheek type of thing. Yeah. And then, like, in the roughness of... Magic reciprocated a little bit of that roughness after getting beat down by the Pistons for okay. a few by a few games on Isaiah. And I feel like it was only recently there was this clip that kinda of went viral a year a year ago maybe. Okay. Of like Magic and Isaiah having to sit down because I don't think their relationship ever really repaired right. after that series. Yeah. Um
1: Oh, and then there was that whole thing about Isaiah basically Dennis Rodman said that Larry Bird, if he Was you, it
0: Rodman or Lamb? I must have been Rodman.
1: I'm pretty sure it was Rodman.
0: If, if, yeah, if it was Larry, Larry Bird was black, he'd be just an okay player.
1: Yeah. And then they asked Isaiah about this and Isaiah was like, yeah, I would say that like, <laughs> sure, that, that makes sense. And he was kind of like laughing about it, not thinking it was very serious. Oh, oh, Don't
0: you talk bad about burn and people will lose their fucking mind.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
0: Perfect ten, friends. I don't know where you're gonna find it. I think maybe you can find it on iTunes or Amazon or one of those places. And buy actually, it if you're that interested, have
1: you watched any of the other Thirty Thirty documentaries? I
0: haven't. I know there's a Ric Flair one that's supposed to be pretty decent. Because mm-hmm. um,
1: I'm like,
0: I kind of want to go back and like see how many I can find now uh, and dig through them. Because if I they're half, they're half as good as this, then there's got to be. Do
1: you think there are any more basketball ones?
0: <gasps> Probably.
1: It won't be as good as this one, though.
0: What one criticism I heard was that. If you've seen the Raiders one, because Ice Cube directed one about the Raiders. Yeah. If you've seen that one, it kind of repeats the same thing. But right. listen, I didn't grow up in Oakland, so So.
1: this is my shit. don't even care.
0: Well, we thought this was going to be a short episode, and then we <sighs> talked for 45 minutes about the 1989 best. <laughs> so little off-brand for the day or nah?
1: Bad boys. <laughs> Damn right. Um thought it was great that was wonderful you should really check it out even if you don't like sports because i don't even like basketball and i was like this is amazing
0: <laughs> this is delightful the fact that she could not wait to talk about it I at couldn't. lunch today was ex- she was like i lit it to explode can i she was begging me she was like can, <laughs> can i please, please talk about talk it about i it. cannot deal with this anymore
1: <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't help it just so charming
0: you know what we call that what we call that geeking down yo
1: damn right we do that's how we geek down that's how we do it, y'all.
0: If you want to geek down about any of the things we talked about today, you can do so on our Twitter feed or any of our general social. Yeah. Even. Availabilities. Even old
1: man social. <laughs> old mall of social media. And on over to Facebook. <laughs> uh, that sounds like me uh, trying to wake up, to have a snack, and brush my teeth and go back to bed. Oh, I got to do the Facebook.
0: Get at us at any of those options. Yeah. We're kicking around all of them. And uh yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Friends, thank you so much for indulging us in this little in this little jaunt to the world of Into sports jocks and normies and whatever you <laughs> want to call it.
1: No, see, they're still on the outside. They're outsiders. So we talk about them on, on the show.
0: And like we always talk about on the show. Sports fans are just nerds too.
1: It's true. They just get away with it cuz gladiators and stuff. <laughs> people like people watching them be in pain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Football. We'll watch some anime next week. Friends, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jordan Ferguson.
1: My name is Caitlin McKinnon. Theme song is by Rob Gasser. Really, Jordan should not give me coffee anymore. And we will have you listen to us next week, hopefully. Bye. (laughs)
0: Lamb beer. <laughs> Lamb beer.